Hello, and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I am so happy you are here. Today's episode is a juicy one. I am joined by Dr. Catherine Zagoni of Clockwise to read my fertility-wise blood test and also give you tons of tools and tips and actionable steps in reversing your biological clock. So Clockwise is a company that is committed to helping women improve the future of their fertility by turning back the biological clock through their fertility-wise test. Now, this test assesses biological age, fertility toxin exposure, and it gives you a framework for rewinding the clock today for a more fertile tomorrow. Legit, you guys, this conversation was everything. So I know some of you were like, well, I'm not really interested in infertility. Should I listen to this episode? And I'm going to tell you right now, it is for every human being who wants to feel good from the inside out. For the ladies that are in their 20s and 30s that want babies but don't want them right now, you're going to learn so many preventative measures. And then for those of you who are actively wanting to get pregnant in the next couple of years or maybe even freeze your eggs, you're definitely going to want this information. I am just amazed at the amount of knowledge, the amount of insight, and the things that we can actually make a shift on today. So check it out. If you love this episode, definitely share it with a friend. Take a screenshot and throw it on Instagram. Tag us at Samantha Joe Harvey and at Clockwise. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Joe Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Dr. Zagoni, it is time. I'm so happy that you are back on the podcast and I'm so nervous for what we're about to talk about because this is the nitty gritty. I think this might be like the most personal thing that I have shared on this podcast. I mean, who cares about the divorce and the breakups and all of that? (laughs) This is my biological age. Thanks for being here, girl. My pleasure. So excited to get to get down and dirty with you on this. I am so excited. So I think from the time that I was a little girl, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I always knew that I wanted kids, but with my career, with my life, I mean, I got divorced and I started over quote unquote at 30 and I knew that I wanted babies. I thought about maybe freezing my eggs, but it never quite sat right with, with me. And now at 36, I still want to have babies, but I don't want to feel the pressure of needing them yesterday. And so I was so excited when you um, gave me this opportunity to, to really learn about my body. So can you talk to us about what the test is that I took? What, what were we testing for? Yes. So you took the fertility wise test. The fertility wise test has three main components to it. The first is your biological age. Your biological age is the age of your cells, the age of your DNA. It's really how old you are. Your chronological age is is based on your birthday and it doesn't actually mean anything for your health or your reproduction. Yes, age matters, but biological age matters more than chronological age when it comes to fertility and health. Um, The second component in the test is the, it's it's called the the Dunedin PACE um, marker. And that's the aging speedometer. So that's how fast your cells are aging in this moment. Um, And so if you're aging faster than time, no bueno. If you're aging slower than time, that's what, that's what we're going for. And then how slow can we tick that clock? And the slower we, we get that um, speedometer down, the more, the faster the years will fall off the biological clock. Cause it is, it is possible to reverse the biological clock. I've done it. My patients have done it. We've had clients who've done it. Um, and it does translate into better fertility outcomes and, and fertility preservation. Cause you know, I'm in the same situation as you, like I want babies, but I'm single mid thirties in LA and I, you know, I've got a little, it's time a different to story there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the third component of the test is the fertility toxin panel called clock talks. Um, and 
there's a few classes of toxins in there where if you, if these show up positive, meaning you're being exposed currently, not only are you just being exposed, but because we're looking at your DNA, you're being exposed enough that it's actually changing how your DNA is being expressed. Holy shit balls. Yes. That's so, nuts. And, and these toxins are associated with accelerated ovarian aging, meaning it, they age your ovaries faster. They're also associated with conditions like, um, premature ovarian insufficiency, which means fewer eggs, um, poorer egg quality and poorer outcomes on things like egg freezing and IVF. We also know that some of these toxins, when they're in mom, when she gets pregnant, affect baby's health anywhere, you know, up to, to 10 years or more down the line for that child's life. So it's an opportunity one to know what you need to do to preserve your fertility or, or get more fertile if that's the situation you're in, but also to really set your child up for the healthiest life possible before they're even conceived. I mean, that's what I find so fascinating. Like it, where I am on the journey, it's like thinking about getting pregnant. I've seen so many friends with IVF journeys and miscarriages and, and that experience. I, my brain, to be honest, has not even thought beyond that to actually having a healthy child. And I think that is just so expansive and so wild. So, okay. I am, I am amazed and I'm so excited to get in question for you. The information that we're going to learn about, is this just for women that want to get pregnant? Not necessarily. So our test is, is focused on that. Um, but the information for rewinding the biological clock works for men, for women, and for any reason, because really we're talking about human cells here and, and making all of your cells younger. Amazing. Okay, cool. That's what I, that's what I want to know. I'm like, I want everyone to be able to listen to this podcast and get value regardless of whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, man, woman. I mean, we got mostly women here, but, um, should we dive in? Should we dive into my results? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm going to share my screen over here so that Dr. Zagoni and I can look at, look at my age, look at my, my toxins, look at yep. all of the stuff. So Dr. Z, do you want to share the first result? Sure. So your biological age came back at 36 and your chronological age is 36. 36. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I am like, I'm a little upset about it. I'm like, what the F I thought that I'm like, Oh, I work out and I eat decently. Like, you know, my cells should be younger. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, I guess 36 is 36, but like, can you give me some insight around this? There's a number of factors that play into this. So what I would recommend is once we get through all your results, let's go through the FAST framework. And for each component of the FAST framework, we'll talk about what you're already doing and maybe where we need to make the tweak. Does that sound good? That sounds amazing. Okay. So we're getting all the results out. So 36 in the years and 36 in the DNA. Right. And so I also want to like give you some perspective. Most of the, the people who take this test come back older. No kidding. Anywhere from one to 10 years older. One to 10? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's okay. a lot of components, which we're going to go through in the fast framework, but, but just so you know, you're, you're doing pretty well. And <laughs> in modern society, it takes a little more effort to rewind the biological clock just because of all the things we're exposed to and stress and whatnot. Um, and obviously I've had a handful of people come back younger as well. And I've had people start older and, and younger and that's the goal, but yeah. just to kind of give you some perspective, you're, you're in, I would say like the top 20% of results. Okay. I'm not sweating as much as I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Test marker number two, this is the age speedometer. Yes. And it says, I'll let you say, I'll let you read it. So your results came back at 0.8 which means you're aging slower than time. So you're closer to the turtle, which in this case, we want to be the turtle. And this is the, this is the pace of aging. So for every chronological year that I age, my body is aging at 0.8. The rate is, did I say that correct? Correct. Yeah, you got it. So, so for, if you had come back at 1.0, you're aging the same rate as time. So coming back at 0.8, you're aging slower than time. This marker 
so the, the first marker, the biological age, it does change. It takes a little bit longer to see improvements. So we recommend retesting at three, three months at the earliest, although I've retested at two months, cause I'm retesting myself all the time. Um, you know, anywhere from three to six months to retest on that one. On this one, this is a, a more acute marker, meaning it's reflective of what you were doing right around the time you took the test. So there's a couple of, a couple of ways to look at this. So you know, this day, this week, you were doing a lot of things right. Um, you know, and with your age being the same, that tells me that maybe you had like, you know, a month or two of some fun, some travel, some alcohol, some toxins. Um, and, and it's, and that's okay. Like what's beautiful is these, these numbers are dynamic. And so it's not about, you know, doing everything perfectly. It's about tracking well enough so that, you know, when you go and have some fun for a little while, you know exactly what you need to do to get right back on track. So you probably had a little bit of age acceleration with some party time. Um, and then at whatever you were doing right around the time you took the test was, was pretty on track and we can get that a little lower if we want to. Um, and so if you did, if you were to do exactly what you were doing that week that you took the test, I, we would see the years fall off your biological clock because you're aging slower than time currently, but you know, and we can do that, but I'm going to give you some things to actually turn it back faster. Beautiful. Yeah. I think, um, if I'm looking at when I was, when I was taking the test, I mean, I had some, some toxic fun for a couple months. This summer <laughs> awesome. was, was love awesome. It. As you should. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. I know we're going to get more into the, the fast framework later. So let's go into the toxin panel. Um, and let me share my screen again so you can see what I am looking at. Great. So I, okay. So we'll start with phthalates. Okay. So we've got, um, six markers here that are all in what are called the phthalate family. And these are mostly plasticizers and fragrances. Um, so the P means you're, you are currently being exposed. The N means you're not currently being exposed. So we saw three of those, uh, phthalates three out of six, um, show up. So this means you, you are being exposed. You're being exposed enough that it's, um, affecting how your DNA is being expressed. And you can kind of like, I know everybody listening, isn't going to read this page, but these things are associated, like I already said with advanced ovarian aging. Okay. Um, so then if we want to go to the next toxin, you might need to go back. Oh, let's see here. Yeah. Um, okay. So paraben. So, yep. Oops. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Wrong page. There we go. There we go. there we go. Um, so we are only able to look at one paraben currently we're working on expanding the panel, but for now we're looking at propyl paraben, um, which has fertility implications and you are not currently being exposed to this toxin. So that's good news. I am so proud of myself for this one. Like when Yay. I saw a negative, I was like, okay, we're doing something right. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Um, and then here we have the bisphenol. So this is BPA and BPF. There's also BPS, which we're not able to test for yet. We're working on adding that, um, BPA. We hear about this everywhere, you know, BP, but then we also have BPA free. So if it says BPA free, it means it has BPF or BPS, which are its toxic sisters. So no way. the solution is really eliminate plastic as much as possible. So glass and stainless steel are going to be the best options. Um, other sources of BPA. So it, it, you have been, you are currently being exposed to BPA. Um, are you using plastic water bottles? Not as much, but I will tell you that my Tupperware is still plastic. Ooh, yeah. I that's, know. A, that's a big, that's a big one. Um, other ones would be like receipts. So if you, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so say no to receipts and then, I mean, this is like logical and it makes sense, but a lot of people forget about this. Like how often would you say you get a coffee out in the world? Um, well, I don't drink coffee, but I get, I get matcha lattes. Okay. I love a matcha latte. And do you have the plastic lid on the cup when you get it? Yeah, sure do. Okay. So you're drinking a hot liquid through a soft plastic lid. Um, so the things that are going to leach the, the, the BPA out of wherever it is and into your system faster are heat and acidity. So, um, so like the biggest culprits, you know, matcha is going to be way better than coffee at this because coffee is acidic. So you have a hot coffee with a plastic lid. You're basically getting a chemical soup. Oh, wow. So just take the lid off. 
Um, Genius. Now, Easy. Now, granted, a lot of the, the paper cups that they're using these days are lined with a plasticizer because otherwise everything would eventually leak through the paper. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, pre-COVID when we could do bring reusable things to like a Starbucks or a local coffee yeah. shop, that was great. Some of them are, are doing that again. Some of them are not. Um, or you just make it a less frequent thing. Like I, over the summer, I'm like, I have to have this like iced latte with some fancy, I think it was like pistachio milk was like all the rave. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, and, and I just, you know, made sure it was an occasional thing. It wasn't all the time. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of things to support myself, uh, in supporting and getting out of the body and, and not letting it in other places. The other big thing that can be an issue for BPA. And again, most people are aware of it, but, uh, cans. So like Mm. canned goods. So like the worst thing, if we're looking in the canned good category would be a non-organic canned tomato sauce. Oh, so the yeah. tomato sauce is acidic. Um, if it's non-organic, you're getting a ton of pesticides because tomatoes are heavily sprayed. Um, and then, so that acidity is then leaching the BPA lining out of that can as it's sitting on the shelf for like years. Wow. Yeah. So I always, so tomato sauce should be organic and in glass, which is possible. Like I've seen it yeah. uh-huh. around. Um, so, so those are some of the big ones. I know we're kind of jumping ahead to the fast framework, but we're in toxins. So why not? Yeah, Um, I love it. I love it. And I also just saw a report came out that, um, was it yoga pants? There was some sort of like fitness apparel that came back like with a lot of high exposure for BPA. Um, and there's a whole bunch of chemical, like the, the clothing industry is a whole thing. Um, and it, and it kind of depends. So like a lot of fitness apparel, can have some of these plasticizers and BPA. Um, and then, you know, in the medical world, scrubs are actually covered in like antimicrobial chemicals and anti-wrinkle chemicals, which are all terrible for fertility. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. I feel like I saw some study that came out about the activewear and specifically there was like something for anti-sweat or anti-something. And it was like in the crotch area of the workout leggings that was like literally your reproductive organs. So I remember seeing something online and, you know, I don't know, you see a lot of things online. I don't know what's true. Yeah. What's not, but I mean, it makes sense. It makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. So as natural of, of fabrics as possible. Ooh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> that is a whole nother story. Don't get me started on vegan leather, unfortunately. No. <laughs> All right. We're moving along. Okay. Moving, moving along, along, moving along. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that was our, yes, we got the, the bisphenols, the phthalates and the paraben. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And is also there... to put that in perspective, yeah. we have not had one test result come back with zero toxins on it. So everybody has had some exposure, even if it was just to one thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So 36 to 36 aging at a 0.8 rate, got some exposure to some toxins, not all of them, but definitely got some. So there's Mm -hmm. room for improvement. Totally, totally, totally. Now, before we go into like how to adjust all of, all of these things or, or to make shifts in my life, what do you say to the woman that's like, okay, wait, I need to know this information. Like I need to know this information. How do like, do I need to wait until I want to get pregnant to take this test? No, I would say start like, take it as soon as possible because what I see with my women who come back older, it takes time to rewind the clock. Like it's possible, but if I have somebody, cause I have my patients take this test too. So if I have a, like a patient who's working with me, who comes in at, let's say she's, she comes to me at 42 years old it's going to be a very different scenario and a very different treatment plan based on whether her cells come back at 38 or, or 46, you know, let's say there's a four year, a four year span. And if she comes back at 46, we can still rewind the biological clock, but it might take us a full year to get her cells down to, you know, like a 40 year old cell. Um, and so we like to say time is on your side. Um, and so the earlier you start, the younger you can get your clock and the more time you can then build for yourself in that reproductive window. I, I love that. I love that. This is really about prevention or like preventative work and awareness. I always say like knowledge, knowledge is everything. I mean, the knowledge is power. Yes. But the more that we can learn about ourselves, there's so much that we talk about on this podcast about unlearning what society has taught us. And I feel like this is the next level for reproductive health and just health in general. 
Um, so I'm so excited for you to share the fast framework and how, how you support people in, in rewinding the clock. So do yeah. you want to go into that? I would love to actually, can I share my story first please, for anybody please, please. Who, who didn't catch it on anything else that we've done together? Um, so the fast framework is based off of what I did. It's a combination of both what's in the research and what I did for myself to initially rewind my biological clock by a full two years and eight weeks. And since then, um, on my 35th birthday, I came back. So when I first took the test, I came back almost four years older than I was and had like a whole mental breakdown again, mid 30 single in LA wanting babies. Um, and then rewound it by two years and eight weeks. Um, and then on my 35th birthday came back at 31 and three quarters. So I went from almost four years older to almost four years younger in about a year and a half. Holy moly. That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm still aiming for 28. I thought I was going to come back 28 on that first one, but now I'm, I'm on track to hit that before the end of the year. Girl, I thought so too. I, I thought the same <laughs> for me. Okay. Keep telling, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, but yeah, so, so once I realized what was possible and, and this is what I had seen in practice was that it wasn't about chronological age. Like I've seen women, you know, 40, 42, 44, the odd numbers too, 41 and 43, um, you know, get pregnant naturally and with IVF, even after they had been struggling for years, had multiple miscarriages, multiple failed IVFs, et cetera, like literally have one couple that had failed IVF at 30, when she was 36, failed IVF at 40, uh, natural conception, miscarriage. Um, at 42, we got her nine grade A embryos. Now she had to do the work, but I, you know, I was supporting her and guiding her on, on what to do to get there. And, um, and that's not every case, but that's most of the cases we, we get good results. Um, and so this is clockwise and the fertility wise test with this fast framework is in the fast framework comes with your test results, just so everybody's clear on that, um, is, is really like, how do we get reach more women? Cause I mean, you got to do the test. It's a finger prick at home. Like you don't have to go to a lab core to get a blood draw. You don't have to go to your doctor's office. You can literally click, get it. It's a cute box too. Am I right? Oh, it's so <laughs> chic. I loved it. I felt so rich doing it. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, you do the finger prick, you send it back and you're, you get your results in your email. So, um, doable, actionable, preventable, all the ables. Well, and I love that too, because, you know, it's intimidating to go to your gynecologist and be like, well, I think I want to have kids in like a year or two years, but like, I don't know. And I don't feel like the information that you get at like the standard GYN really is there to set you up to win. Like the information that I received in this and how to then do something about it is goes so much deeper than what I believe is readily available. Um, when you're at the doctor's office and you don't even have to have those conversations. I, that's what I love is that, that you guys really provided not only the results, but then, Hey, if you want to shift things, here's how you do it. And I, I loved that piece of it. Thank you. And I also just want to speak to the OB-GYN part. Like this is cutting edge science right here. It takes conventional medicine 10 to 15 years to start to incorporate cutting edge science. So if you, if you go and talk to your OB-GYN and one, they're not going to know what this test is. Um, and two, they're not even going to tell you that it's possible to rewind the biological clock. They're going to tell you that you're every, every moment that you're every month that you're not getting pregnant, your chances of getting pregnant are declining. That's a terrible message. And it's just not true. And there's a lot of fear. And a lot of misinformation, especially as the new science is coming out. And so for, for any woman who has ever been to her ob and has not gotten a message of hope, I want you to know that there's hope. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Say it again for the women in the back, you know, and I, and I think that there's also, you've been on a, another podcast of mine and I remember you saying what we put in our bodies, on our bodies and what we're speaking, like the, the emotional energy four months before conception, I've, this is like burned into my memory. So <laughs> there was like the one sound bite. I'm like, ah! but four months before conception matters. And if the, if the doctor is telling you, you're going to have a geriatric pregnancy, there's higher risk of this, there's higher risk of that. I just feel like it's feeding fear. Every time I've been to the doctors, every year you're getting older, there's more fear and that can't support a healthy baby or a healthy pregnancy or even a healthy body. Fear is terrible for, for fertility. Like biologically fear is terrible for fertility. If our body thinks that there's any danger, 
whether it's a psychological danger, like we think there's a tiger out there, which we know today the tiger is like the boss or the, <laughs> or, or right. a not good partner or like whatever. Um, or if there's not enough food. So either, you know, if there's any reason that the, the body thinks that that child will not survive for some reason that it's not safe, the body will, will not reproduce. And oftentimes I see this in the mind body component with my clients and it could be a current issue or it could be a past trauma that's either in the subconscious or the conscious, but that is getting triggered consistently. I mean, and way to bring it full circle with the emotional and mindset and spiritual work. Like that's, I'm a huge advocate for the shadow work, for uncovering the patterning, the past traumas, and really bringing it to light so that you can feel good in your life. But that makes sense that it's going to impact your fertility. Yep. Ugh. So good. So every woman who wants to have a baby and any woman that doesn't want to have a baby should be doing the inner work is what I'm totally (laughs) (laughs) sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And so, wow. Where do we go from here? Should we jump into the fast framework? Yeah, let's do it. Great. What is the fast framework girl? So the fast framework is how to rewind your biological clock. So we've got uh, three F's food, fasting and fitness. Um, so food wise, let's, so, so food is like what you are eating and what you're not eating. Fasting is when you're eating and when you're not eating. Um, and also how you're eating is important. So like calm, present, relaxed, using that parasympathetic nervous system to digest well. Um, and as far, so, so research wise, the Mediterranean diet has been shown to be the most supportive for rewinding the biological clock. There are some variations on this. So if somebody has some blood sugar issues, they may need to be lower carb. They may want to go keto. Um, this is a bigger conversation. Um, and we want to make sure they're getting enough of the right nutrients to support the healthy DNA and the younger cells. And so some of those nutrients are going to be things like folate, which are going to be in your leafy greens, also in organ meats, organ meats are like my all-time favorite. Um, but it's kind of like the original multivitamin. Um, and also a lot of indigenous cultures would feed their, their women who were planning for pregnancy would feed them the organ meats, the liver, the kidney, et cetera. And it must be grass fed or it's not worth eating but there's so many nutrients, like something like CoQ10, which we know is great for, for egg quality and ovarian health. You know where the best place to get that is? Organ meats. No. <laughs> now, no. most people, so most people are not eating organ meats and most people will not choose to eat organ meats. So uh, the options that I often recommend, one would be to do capsules. And there's a few different companies that do capsules. Um The other, my favorite option is to use a a product called Pluck. It's a seasoning blend that has dehydrated organ meats in it. Um, So it tastes like herbs and spices with all the benefits of the organ meats. You literally have no idea that you're eating organs. Um, That is absolutely genius. And you guys just FYI in the test results, they literally give you all of these, um, (laughs) all of these alternatives. So I, I need to order that. Yeah. That feels really doable. Yeah. I mean, I would, so I typically recommend like a teaspoon a day. Um, and that, and in one of the studies, like, uh, I think it was like a three ounce serving of liver twice a week, which the math doesn't work out perfectly with a teaspoon of day, you know, with that many ounces of liver, but, but close enough that, 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 that in and of itself can start to rewind the biological clock. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, berries, you know, like, like I said, it's kind of like the Mediterranean diet, like what you and I would probably consider healthy eating. So like lots of fruits and vegetables, bright colors, good, healthy protein, um, good omegas through like wild salmon. So quality is super, super important. Um, grass fed meats, organ meats, like I said, um, some whole grains, like if you're actually doing rice, like I would stay away from anything processed, no pastas, no breads, et cetera. Um, some nuts are great. Um, low sugar, a little bit of wine here and there. Like there's different opinions on alcohol, like Yeah. Let's get real. Like let's get real about the alcohol. Like talk to me about it. I mean, I know it's a toxin. I know it does nothing for your body. If we're talking about like tequila, I'm dating a Mexican man, like, (laughs) like, give it to me, give it to me straight. Dr. Z. Yeah. I mean, it's different. So some of the biological age studies show that a little bit of red wine can be supportive in the fertility world. 
research-based more than four drinks a week definitely negatively impacts fertility. Um, so there, there's kind of a balance. Um, I have some patients who are fine not drinking any alcohol. Um, cause there are some studies that show that like any alcohol does increase cancer risk for different organ systems in the body. So if we were going to be as like clean and healthy and perfect as possible, my official recommendation would be zero alcohol. Um, realistically, if you're having one to three drinks per week, that's actually a lot for me, but you know, that still technically fits in like the mostly healthy range, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot for me too. I'm like, I'm thinking like date night, like a once a week, can I have a, can I have a something? And I'm like yeah. a one drink girl. I I'm like such a lightweight. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And the, the three weeks shouldn't be all on the same night either. Um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but, uh, and, and what's interesting is like most of my women have no problem with, with like one drink or less per week. Um, but I do see quite a few male partners and, and the fertility wise test men can take it too. We actually have a separate report for men that speaks more specifically to the health of the DNA and the legacy that you're passing on, um, based on these markers. And again, whole other conversation about how biological age affects male fertility and quality of sperm and yada, 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 but, um, but it does. Um, but, but I often find that the male partners have, um, a harder time decreasing the alcohol intake, but alcohol, especially at levels, like I said, more than four drinks per week, um, does affect sperm quality. So, wow. And, and so if you're, if you're looking at that, what is that timing? That's in really important. Is that the four months before? Is that while you're conceiving? Is that like, tell me about the timing for both partners. It's the four months before. Um, and obviously no alcohol once you're pregnant. Um, although different cultures have different opinions on things like that, but my, my official recommendation is no alcohol <laughs> while you're pregnant. Um, and same with the male partner four months before, ideally. Wow. I mean, they're, like research wise, I think one of the studies did show like if a couple was going through IVF, it mattered the most for the month beforehand. Um, but we know it takes 90 to 120 days for both the egg and the sperm when they start developing till when they're actually released from the body. So why not? That's why it's the four months oh, because, because cool. all of the nutrients and the tox, every, all the blood flow that's nurturing those eggs and sperm for four months, it's what's in that blood. So it's the inflammatory markers. It's the uh, toxin exposure. It's the, the nutrients or lack of nutrients is what's feeding the egg and the sperm for four months until it comes out of the body. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Partners. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> dang, dang, yeah. dang, dang. Okay, cool. Well, that's Should it on, that's it on uh food. Wait, can we talk about fasting? Cause yeah, I gotta we, tell we, you, as soon as I hear fasting, like my old fitness competitor brain, thinks about like not eating restriction. And it immediately, like there's a reaction in my body. That's like, uh Oh, what, what are you talking about when you're saying fasting? Yeah. So one, I would love before that, I would love to hear when you actually read what the fasting section said, did anything change in your body or no? Um, I, was definitely nervous about when I hear fasting at all, I'm like, like, I don't know. I don't know that I can do that at all in any way, shape or form. I remember when you were going through it and you're like, I'm, I'm eating differently, but you were still eating. That made me feel better that there was food. It wasn't like, you're going to do a water fast for five days and not eat anything. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that once. Never, never. Well, maybe again, we'll see, but not right now. <laughs> I'll never like say never. But so okay. medicine ceremonies, you know, something yeah. like that, but no. Yeah. So, so fasting means a lot of different things and women are special in that and individuals are special. So there are some people who shouldn't fast. However, if we're going to use the definition and start with the, the most conservative fasting window, which is a 12, 12, there's actually a study that just came out that showed that a 12, 12 already starts making improvements in one's health. And a 12, 12 means let's say you finish eating dinner by seven o'clock and you don't have breakfast until after seven o'clock the next day. For most people, that's pretty doable. That feels a thousand percent doable. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. I'm in, I'm sold yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and research wise, there's, there's studies that showed 
it's uh, it's possible to rewind the biological clock without any more than any more fasting than that. And there's some studies that also show that a more restrictive fasting does also rewind the biological clock. So I like to say it's a tool and it's an option. I do recommend the 1212. If you want to do anything beyond that, totally up to you. Um, when I did my first rewind that first, uh, two years and eight weeks, I actually did the prolon fasting mimicking diet twice. So one week of each month for two months, it was totally doable. It, I like to say it's 80% of the benefits of a water fast with 20% of the suffering. Um, <laughs> And not required, but if, if somebody needs a jump start, it's, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. And can you tell us just quickly what that, what that is? So it's, um, it's a fasting mimicking diet. And so you get a kit and it's got a cute little box for each day for five days and you just eat what's in the box. So there's like a vegetable soup, some olives, uh, like an almond bar. Um, and it's been very thoroughly researched. It's based on the work of Dr. Walter Longo who um, has published a lot of this, uh, a lot of the research around rewinding the biological clock specifically with uh, caloric restriction, which can be achieved through fasting. So cool. Or just, or just through, um, well, the fasting mimicking diet basically. Yeah. Yeah. When I heard that there was food involved, I was like, okay, that's different. That, that feels different than go do two hours of fasted cardio, have three ounces of chicken and a (laughs) gallon of water and like one piece of asparagus and, you know, go work out and do all the things. So that feels like a very, very different approach. And I love the 12, 12. I feel like, I feel like everyone and anyone could go do that tomorrow. Totally. Well, I'm speaking to the other side of things. Like if you are restricting too much, if you are hypocaloric too much, if you are exercising too much, that is a stress on the body that tells the body that it's not safe to make a baby. Mm, Yeah. I actually did wonder if that, if that time in my life affected, affected my biological age. I mean, at this moment, I can't say yes or no. Um, you know, like I said, in the hypocaloric state, there is some biological age reversal happening. Um, and there are some acute things, acute changes that happen in the body. So sometimes the hypothalamus downregulates the hormones that tell the ovaries to make the sex hormones. Um, and sometimes you can hit a state of what's called amenorrhea or losing your period. That means you can't have a baby at that time. doesn't mean you won't be able to have a baby in the future, but it does mean like right now the body is like, it's not safe to make a baby. Um, and what I've seen in my women who've been, who either they were anorexic or there was overtraining or some sort of situation where that was the case. Um, all of the ones that I've seen have bounced back and and were able to get pregnant when a few years after they had, had recovered from that. So acutely no bueno, but, but as long as there's healing involved and kind of getting to the other side and, and having a more normal, uh, nutritional plan and movement plan and and whatnot, it doesn't seem to cause long-term issues. Beautiful. Thank you for that one. Love hearing that. Well, speaking of movement, can we move into fitness? Yes. Okay. (laughs) What do we need to know about fitness regarding (sighs) our biological age and the fertility age? Yeah. So it seems that all modalities work, um, that the, the minimum effective dose is like a minimum effective means like really just stopping age acceleration. And that seems to be like 30 minutes, four times a week, um, up to an hour, six times a week, as long as the intensity isn't too high. Um, and, and there's also a little wiggle room on that. Um, most people are not overdoing it, at least that I've seen, but, but again, it, it's kind of like an individual thing. Um, variety is great. So some weightlifting, some cardio, Um, but, but basically the message is like, move your body. (laughs) And so, and this is for everyone. And again, if we like separate the fertility piece of it, this is aging, like this is biological aging. So every human being needs to hear this, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Four times a week for at least 30 minutes is the minimum to just like maintain the age. Right. Yeah. I mean, that needs to be shouted from the rooftops. Like that's wild. So many people do not move their bodies. Yep. And we're, and we're getting older and sicker and fatter as a society. So this is great information. Yep. I love this. Do you have thoughts on, um, working out fasted, not fasted, 
any anything else as far as um like spe- specificity in the movement that we should know about um i would say from like a fertility perspective it's good to listen to where you are in your cycle and like listen to your body so don't push too hard um like when you're on your period or like sometimes right before um feel like if you want to do more like flowy movement more of like a yoga or dance versus you know, right before ovulation, when your testosterone is the highest, that might be a great time to do some heavy lifting. Um, so, so, so there's some strategy there. Um, if you don't have any sort of, uh, like pathology happening, like you don't have like a thyroid diagnosis or, um, an adrenal diagnosis or, or, uh, PCOS, like there's certain conditions that where I would have a more specific exercise and diet recommendation for, but for the general healthy population, like I kind of go by, like, how do you feel after? Like, if you feel energized and good after great, keep doing it. If you feel depleted and you, and like, you need to recover more then something needs to change. Cool. I love that. And again, it's just, it's knowing your body. It's being in relationship with yourself, which I am a huge advocate of. Cool. That's only the F of fast. Oh my goodness. We got a A. A, A, let's jump into A, associated conditions. Tell us associated conditions. So this would be again, more on like the diagnosis realm, but something like a, like a blood sugar dysregulation. So like insulin resistance, um, prediabetes. So my co-founder Sarah Mincer, um, and I have permission to talk about her case. Uh, she, the only thing she changed is she pulled. So we had, we actually did find that she was insulin resistant and she, it happened because, um, she was getting so tired after meals, and we started tracking blood sugar and whatnot. And we're finding she was getting some pretty high spikes. Um, and so all she did was, was keep her blood sugar low and steady and low, meaning like under 140 after meals and under 90 fasting in the morning. And, um, and she reversed her clock by two years uh, in uh, maybe a little more than that in about a year, you know, so she Holy aged hell. a year, re- rewound it a couple of years. Um, and, and the, that was the only change she made. No supplements, no exercise. Like <laughs> That's incredible. But that also just shows you the power of, of making one, one shift. You don't have to go create like this giant overhaul and do all of this stuff to, to see a change. Yeah. That's incredible. Totally. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you find the thing that's making the biggest impact and you fix that results can be miraculous. That's amazing. Now we know that I have the MTHFR mutation mm-hmm. and is that one of the things that can adjust or affect, um, the biological age? Yes. And there's different types of MTHFR mutations, depending on, you know, which, wh- what kind of mutation you have, which have d- different variations of, uh, affecting what's called methylation. So with this test, what we're looking at is methylation on the DNA. This, this is actually what epigenetics is. I mean, there's a, a few other mechanisms, but the main one that, that is in the science right now is methylation on the DNA. So if you have a hard time with this methylation cycle and MTHFR is one of those potential mutations that can cause dysregulation with methylation, um, then it may be appropriate to consider some methylated B vitamins um, or other methyl support nutrients, which also happen to be found in organ meats. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, the, not the liver again. <laughs> um, and so like things like, uh, well, also beets like betaine. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a lot of different nutrients we could actually go into, but, um, with that, I, I, you know, don't try not to make a specific recommendation unless I know somebody's case and they're my actual patient. Um, and it may be appropriate to do a methylated folate supplement or, or like a methylated B complex with some methyl B12 in there as well to support that methylation cycle. There's more genes that play into that methylation cycle than just MTHFR. So it's, it's not as easy as saying just take some methylfolate, but to be honest, most prenatals are going to have 800 micrograms to a milligram, um, of, a folate or folic acid or methylated folate. So doing a milligram of methylated folate isn't going to be much different than just taking a prenatal. So if you're not on a prenatal, it might be worth a try to, to try that much. If you know, you have that mutation, if you, or, or maybe it's time to start a prenatal, I'd recommend starting a prenatal, you know, six months before you plan on getting pregnant. Just in that case was literally my next question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you could do a year before, like I'll probably be on prenatals as soon as I have a boyfriend. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding like that, that far in advance. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, like, I mean, it's, there's so many good nutrients in there that are great for like hair and skin and energy. And like, literally it's fantastic. Like (laughs) great. I'm I'm ordering today. It's a great multivitamin. (laughs) Like there's, there's, and I have my women stay on them usually, you know, through pregnancy and at least, you know, through breastfeeding. So it's, it's, it's great. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else we need to know about the associated conditions? Um, I mean, I kind of had already mentioned like something like PCOS is going to be treated a little bit differently. Um, somebody who's hypothyroidism that needs to be addressed, but there's different ways to do that. Again, complete whole other like multi-podcast episodes on those specific things. I'm sure. Um, so I think that's good for our A just in case people didn't catch it. Like the fast framework is because we've got the F's, the A's, the S is, and the T's just in case it wasn't obvious. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's dive in. Sleep, sleep, sleep. So important, important for a number of reasons. Melatonin is one of our top antioxidants in our ovaries and yeah. Yeah. And, um, and ideally we want to, you know, have, make our own, our own endogenous melatonin, because we don't know how much we take orally is necessarily getting to the ovaries versus anywhere else in the body. Um, although there are some fertility studies that show that it's beneficial. Um, so we want to get good sleep and to get good sleep with good melatonin, we need a pitch black bedroom and we need to avoid screens two hours before bed. And ideally we want to get some sunlight in our eyes first thing in the morning to help trigger that really like good circadian rhythm. Some people do better when the bedroom is, is cooler, like, you know, mid sixties. Um, but sleep is super important. So there's the melatonin component. There's also the growth hormone component. And so one of the studies that was able to show biological age reversal, they actually gave people growth hormone, um, which good for them, but I'm not about to take it. And, um, so when I was putting my protocol together, you know, sleep was, it was a big piece for me and I've always been a good sleeper, but I changed, I tweaked a few things, um, because we make most of our growth hormone when we're sleeping, we actually make, we secrete most of it before midnight. So like the hours of sleep you get between like 10 and 12 are more important than like your two to 4am or, or your 12 oh. to 2am perhaps. Um, and so, you know, paying attention to bedtime, um, and, and all the other one, all the other, you know, sleep hygiene things that I've already mentioned. Um, and if there are, are issues with sleep, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, but some of the first things I would consider trying would be a magnesium glycinate. Um, inositol is helpful. 5-HTP can be helpful if you're not on any medications and I'm not making any recommendations for anybody. I'm just offering some options that could be helpful. And also progesterone. Like if somebody finds that they have a hard time sleeping, like the week before they get their period, that's usually indicative of a progesterone deficiency. And and there's ways to work with that as well, whether it's bioidentical progesterone or, you know, B6 and Vitex and vitamin C, it's a lot of stuff. So amazing. Amazing. I feel like when I first did my blood work with you a couple of years ago, the sleep was like one thing that I was like, Oh, I got to fix this. And it, cause it was easy. It was easy to be like, okay, I got to, you know, move. The, I think I had a, a TV that had like a blinking light. And so I mm. put a towel in front of that, like little things that I could do that were easy. Um, and that's what I love is that it's not, again, it's not this like giant life overhaul. It can be, if you want it to be, but there's little tweaks that you can make that are, are so doable and you can literally do them tonight. And they make a difference. Like some people, it's funny because I've gotten feedback both ways of like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. And in that case, I'm like, start with one section a week, just make two changes and, and, you know, slow and steady. And then I've had people who are like, this doesn't really actually tell me anything. I'm like, it can literally be this easy. Like literally just follow the instructions. (laughs) I think, I think that's the thing too, is like so many of us are programmed for life to be hard. It's like, we have this feeling that if it's not hard, then I'm doing something wrong. If I'm not exhausted, burnt out, not sleeping, like it must, it must not be working. It's like the exercising. If I'm not sweating 8,000 buckets of of sweat, then I didn't get a good workout. And like, we get to repattern that idea that it has to be hard or that it's got to be challenging. No, it's doable. And I love, I love that you guys are are giving, it's like, I don't want to say it's the easy button because you still have to do some work and be invested in it, but you know, making your bedroom pitch black feels a lot, feels doable. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Should we go into stress? 
let's go into stress. Okay. Tell us. Well, so I already spoke to this a bit where if there's, you know, if your nervous system thinks it's not safe for any reason, it's going to make it harder to make a baby because it takes a lot of energy, time, and resources to make another human. Um, and we want to make sure the species survives. So let's not make a baby when it, when it's not safe. Um, and so that stress, you know, uh, your audience has probably heard, you know, parasympathetic versus sympathetic. So parasympathetic is that rest, digest, um, and procreate <laughs> and sympathetic is, uh, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Um, so there's some new words for some people in there maybe, but, um, there's different types of stress responses and, you know, a couple of, I mean, we could go so many directions with this. I think it's good to take an inventory. Like there's tools you can use like heart rate variability to kind of see how stressed your system is or not. That can be helpful. Not everybody has those devices. I have too many of those devices, to be honest, that I don't use. Um, and, but kind of taking an inventory and like giving yourself a subjective, subjective unit of discomfort, subjective unit of stress, noticing where, you know, is your breathing quick? Is your body tense? Is some of these, you know, very easy to notice things if you're just present with yourself. And then is it coming from inside or outside? So if it's coming from outside, is it something you can change? Like, do you need a different job? Do you need just a different work schedule? Do you need extra childcare support? Like, is there a logistical thing that needs to happen or is it something that's coming from the outside that you can't change? Um, you know, and, and then in that case, do you need to get out of the situation or do you need to change something on the inside? But if it's coming from the inside and you, or me, I'm just getting triggered <laughs> about a, a couple of things. Um, you know, then it's my job to do the inner work, to work through that trigger because, it's not the outside thing that's causing the problem. It's, you know, I get so much anxiety when I get a text from my boss because my dad, you know, demanded so much of me as a little kid, which is actually not my story, but <laughs> that's what, that's what wanted to come through right now. So, um, you know, so, so awareness is the first step, um, presence, awareness, and then either, you know, adjustment or acceptance. So adjust something inside or out or, you know, sometimes acceptance, like nothing's going to change, but I don't have to worry so much about it. And I know it sounds easy to say these things. It can be more challenging to like feel the shift inside, but that's where mm -hmm. it's helpful to have a coach. It's helpful to have a therapist. It's helpful to have, um, you know, some level of support to really get to a consistently, uh, like a consistent state. Like you don't have to be in parasympathetic 24 seven, but it would be nice for that to be the predominant state that you live in. Um, and that's going to be a little bit different for everyone, but, um, I would say most people can work on this piece <laughs> yeah. and what's cool is in the research, even like 20 minutes a day. So like 10 minutes, twice a day, 20 minutes, once a day of anything, breath, you know, breath, meditation, presence, relaxation showed benefits. So it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour of transcendental meditation twice a day. It doesn't have to be you know, a quarterly retreat, which it could be, I'd be down with that. Um, but little steps again can make a big difference. Mm, yeah. So if y'all are having a hard time meditating and you're like, I just can't for my peace, like do it for your, for your age, your biological age. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let and, that and, be the, let that be the, the reason why you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down for five minutes and breathe. Yeah. And if it's not that, maybe it's the tapping, like an EFT yeah. sort of thing, or maybe yeah. it's, um, like, lots of options. Like for me, dance covers both my movement and my meditation piece because for that's sure. what it is for me. Same, same, same for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So that was, that was stress. I know we could probably do an entire hour on that, but I, I know that we got to get through, yeah. um, supplements supplements. Yeah. So these are going to be things, uh, so there's a, some that have a lot of research. So one of my favorites is alpha ketoglutarate. Um, it's a, I get it as a powder. I throw it in a smoothie or a shake or, you know, so, into something. Um, and it has probably the most research for the fastest rewinding of the biological clock. Um, I want to say it was something like seven years and six months when that was the only intervention that was changed when they added that. And that was at a thousand milligrams a day. Cool. Um, green tea. So this could go under food or, or supplements. Um, cause it can be literally three cups of green tea or a good matcha. Um, 
and or like 300 milligrams of an EGCG extract, but I like to do food where I can, um, liver supplement. If we're going to do that, um, methylated folate perhaps, or methyl B complex. Um, another one I've played with in my journey is, uh, NAD, NAD plus. Um, I like it in the NMN form. There's also the NR form. There's a couple of different products on the market. The important part is, uh, reaching like a therapeutic dosage. So again, like a thousand milligrams a day, and it's not a cheap product. Um, it's like not a cheap supplement. Um, I mean, you we, never mind. I was going to go on a tangent. Um, but that, uh, what's interesting with that is in animal studies, it was, it has been shown to rescue the aging ovary, like basically pull mice out of menopause. Whoa. Yeah. No kidding. Now, now I haven't seen that with humans specifically, but I have done quite a bit of injectable and IV NAD with my mamas who are, you know, maybe mid forties, um, you know, where we need a little extra oomph and have seen pretty good results, like improvements in markers and obviously pregnancies was what we're going for. Um, and so there is this like anti-aging component to it and, you know, fertility benefit to it. And, and I think one of the reasons is because it, uh, is supportive for mitochondrial health, which we haven't talked a ton about today yet, but, um, the, we have more mitochondrial density, like more mitochondrial per cell in our ovaries than anywhere else in the body by like orders of magnitude. Um, so healthy mitochondria are super important for fertility. Um, and we, we, I do see that the NAD is, uh, important for that mitochondrial health. Cool. I was gonna say, is there anything else specifically about mitochondrial health that we, well, the light, the light is oh. important. So that like the pitch black, at, uh, bedtime is also supportive for mitochondrial health. Um, avoiding toxins. A lot of toxins are mitochondrial toxins. Um, and when you have healthy mitochondria, usually you feel pretty good too. So, mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that's what the other thing that's really cool about all of this, the food, when you're eating well, when you're nourishing yourself, when you are working out, when you're taking care of your sleep, when you're de-stressing, when, when you're taking care of your body inside and out, you feel better. Like yeah. let's, let's, even if we were just to push away, like all the fertility, all the biological age, like your experience of your life is just more enjoyable. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Fertility oh. is a byproduct of health. And, and mm. happiness is an important nutrient for health as well. And, um, health is what you do every day where you eat, drink, breathe, touch, think, feel. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So we mentioned the, the toxins again. So let's get into tea toxins and trauma, toxins and trauma. So toxins, we obviously tested a few on this panel, um, and they're, they're kind of all over the place. So I recommend getting a really good air filter, a really good water filter, like for all points of use, cook with filtered water, shower and filtered water, um, tea and coffee need to be filtered water. Like all of it needs to be like, everything needs to be filtered these days, unfortunately. I mean, there are some recommendations in the report. Um, and you know, what's unfortunate is like all my patients in LA come back with all sorts of you know, uh, inhalable toxins from like car exhaust and crazy stuff. Oh, like I'm that. sure. I'm sure. Um, and so that's why I say air filter, water filter, um, pull out plastics as much as possible. Uh, one of the toxins that I think doesn't get talked about enough in the fertility world and maybe in medicine in general is mycotoxins. And these are mold toxins. And I've had an, a number of couples where, uh, they had toxic mold in the house and not just black mold, but there's other molds that can be toxic as well. And I see it cause all sorts of issues. I see it cause autoimmune disease, specifically Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid autoimmune disease. Um, I see it, 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 it make changes in inflammatory markers, immune cells. Like there's a lot that the mold, um, can cause problems within the body. And so that's something that, uh, is not often, talked about, um, other toxins would be like electro smog. So like EMFs, um, which some people are more sensitive to, some people are less sensitive to, um, and it's kind of this like overall load. So if you've got the plastics and the mold and the EMFs, like there's going to be a lot more damage happening than if your body's just trying to handle one thing or two things. Um, and so I recommend from, so one, keep your cell phone away from your ovaries. 
like fanny packs are like all the rage right now. Oh my <laughs> God. Like we oh my think, God. Yeah. You know, there's the head too. Like, you know, keep your, keep your phone away from your head. Um, but keep your phone away from your ovaries. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, holy moly, like so simple and holy shit. I walk the dog and I wear a fanny pack and that's exactly where my phone goes. Great. Yeah. I can make that shift today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or just put it on airplane mode while you're, while you're walking the dog, um, and check your messages, like when you get back and turn it back on. Um, I, I went and got one of the, like, they've like little Faraday pouches that like completely block all EMFs, but that you can't use your phone when it's in it. So it's like, I might as well just turn it off or turn it on airplane mode. <laughs> I'm going to put it in my fanny pack, then try and put it in the pouch to, you know, it's like, there's options. Oh, that's funny. That's there's funny. options. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, and, and I, for some couples and some women, I say, try turning your Wi-Fi off at night and see if it make like do it for a week with the pitch black bedroom and see if you, you know, if it feels different for you, like I said, some people do, some people don't. Um, but you know, it's about total, total burden. And so little, like little changes can make a big difference. So not everybody has to do everything, but something to try. I love it. I love it. Okay. We are, I think we're approaching the final T in the fast framework, which is trauma, which we kind of already touched on with like uh, some of the stress and the mindset. Is there anything else you want to touch on regarding trauma that we didn't already talk about? Um, I would say some of the new research, which is really cool is that there are actually, we, we don't have it on our test yet. We're again, we're working towards expanding our panel. Um, but they are able to track PTSD and trauma in the epigenome, like with these DNA methyl markers, like, like we're looking at, and they're able to see improvements that correlate with when people no longer fit the criteria for PTSD. So we can actually start to see the healing of trauma in the genes. And we know, like I said, like these toxin exposures get passed down in the genes, the trauma or the trauma healing gets passed down in the genes. So, right. I just got full chills. Um, so it's really an opportunity to, so one, something to think about is like, what may you have inherited from your lineage, both good and bad. Um, you know, we may or may not know that there's trauma in our genes from our, from our lineage. Uh, and there's ways to work with that. Um, but what you are consciously aware of, you do have a choice of, of going in and, and working with that and healing with that. Um, which I think is a great idea before you make a baby. Chew girl, mic drop, like just mic drop on that. Yes. To all of the above. Um, I mean, thank you so much for pouring into me and us today. I feel like there's so much incredible information here to really live a healthier and happier life. And for those of you that do want to have babies, like this information is just, I mean, it's priceless. And I think there's, there's so much noise out there. It's the fear and politics and doctors that don't have this information and our social patterning. Like my grandma literally last week was like, well, you know, you're supposed to have all your kids before you're 30. I'm like, cool, grandma, I'm 36. Like that's my, <laughs> that was what happened in your day. So the amount of information that's out there can be really overwhelming. And I just love how, how simple this structure is, how there were really manageable things that we can we can take into account today and like make a shift on today. Um, I mean, I'm just like mulling all over this. I'm like, I need to listen to this like 10 times, but <laughs> before we, before we are done, is there anything else that you want to share or want to highlight that you feel like you haven't touched on yet? Um, I would say one of the pieces that we've seen in the research when we were developing this test was that women who had an advanced biological age, meaning their biological age came back older than their chronological age, they did see poorer outcomes on egg freezing and IVF, meaning fewer eggs, fewer embryos, fewer healthy embryos. So while my message is totally prevention, this is also a tool that can be used for women and couples who are going through that process right now or going to be soon. Um, because if your biological age comes back older, you may want to spend three months rewinding the biological clock before you go and spend 15 to $50,000 on egg freezing or IVF. Damn. Yeah. That is so smart. So smart. So smart. So smart. Oh my gosh. Dr. Zagoni, you are amazing. I have 
I have been so excited to get these test results, to learn about my body. I feel like a ninja with like wanting to understand all the things and having this at home test was a game changer. It was so simple. It was so easy. Um, we're going to put a bunch of information in the show notes. So if anyone wants to order a test, if anyone wants to get connected with you and with the company to learn more, we'll put all of that contact info there. Is there somewhere that they can find you that you want to share, um, right now? Follow us at clockwise fertility on Instagram. Um, we're clockwise.com with a Z cause I'm Dr. Z all the clockwise is with a Z. Every, everything is with a Z just so you all know. <laughs> um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. You are incredible. You are a sister, you are a friend, and I love the work that you are doing in the world. You guys share this podcast episode with everyone, you know, every woman and their partners, uh, need to hear this information. So share it. It would mean the world to us. And thanks for being here, Dr. Z. Thank you, my dear. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.